today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Over the last couple of weeks, uh, as we've talked about uh, some of the uh, police actions about uh, the well, the now illegal dispensaries here in town and actually right across the province, I suppose. Uh, I wondered out loud about the impact this is having on medical marijuana users. Uh, and uh, with some dispensaries being shut down ahead of the stores being open, which is going to happen in April, uh, there is a lawyer representing patients uh, t- to deal with the, some of these concerns and some of these issues, or access to medical marijuana, uh, because apparently there are some ramifications to uh, medical marijuana users. Uh, joining us to talk about this is Jack Lloyd. Jack is a lawyer representing patients for access to medical marijuana, a uh, cannabis lawyer and activist. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for the time. Great talking with you today. Oh, thank you for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. Well, I, I, let's just say, as we've had these discussions, and I've talked to, to, to legal authorities about what they're doing, and yeah, they want to shut down illegal operations, and uh, we know that the, the medical marijuana industry has been in place for quite some time. There are thousands, you probably have a better idea about the number of people that are actually using this stuff, Jack, but uh, that, that really rely on this stuff. It, it, it's, it's a medication, just the same as somebody who's on heart medication or anything else like that. Uh, what's this doing, the, the, the rush to shut down these dispensaries? Is, is, what impact, if any, is this having on the medical marijuana users? It's having an extremely negative impact on reasonable access to medical cannabis in Ontario. It's myopic and uh, wrong-headed, to be perfectly frank. Uh, the federal court dealt with uh, whether or not it's constitutional to have a mail-order-only medical cannabis program, And the federal court was very clear that it's not. And the problem is that in Ontario, there's no lawful uh, access points for in-person access and on-demand access to this medicine. So you ask any doctor whether having on-demand access to their medicine uh, is important for patients, they'll certainly let you know that it is. So the concern with the harsh enforcement against uh, dispensaries is that patients are suffering. And so... The really serious issue is, is that every time one of these compassion clubs is shut down, um, police harm patients. And Hamilton is a unique example because the Superior Court of Hamilton has dealt with this and dealt with the uh, essentially the irreparable harm that comes to patients in the event that uh, an access site like a compassion club is shut down. And the Superior Court of Hamilton was very clear that uh, you can't simply shut them down right away. Well, let's ask, I want to talk to you about that in detail. You're referring, I guess, to the Lofchick order, are you? That's correct. All right, Judge Lofchick, who, of course, sits on the bench here in Hamilton, uh, actually ruled on this. And maybe you could explain the background for that and what he's actually decided and what he's, uh, I I guess, essentially put forward, which is hopefully some people want to use as the norm. Uh, well, essentially, the, a rule was set that it, you have to provide only medical cannabis and that that is protected by the Superior Court order. So as long as you're only providing medical cannabis to approved patients, uh, then you're under the auspices of the order. Uh, certainly, if if law enforcement and government thought differently, then they ought to have come to court to try to overturn the order, and they didn't. So uh, ultimately... Uh, we have to have faith that the court's order will be respected. Certainly uh, should uh, a dispensary that's operating in line with the Lofchick order, should the, should the police seek to utilize their new enforcement powers against it, uh, they may well be found in contempt of court. So it's, it's, a, it's a massively complex situation, but I'm very hopeful that 
access rights for medical cannabis patients will be respected because many of them, there's hundreds of thousands of them, uh, many of them don't have mailing addresses, so they can't utilize the mail order program. Many of them don't have credit cards, so they can't utilize the, medic- the, the, the mailing order program. So it's, uh, it's a, a problem of the government's own making, and certainly uh, the solution can't be harming more patients. Well, I've always wondered about that. I, when, when this policy and this program was put in, and this protocol basically was put in place, uh, about people that fall between the cracks in situations like this. I mean, you know, to, to buy online, you need a credit card. Not everybody has a credit card. Not everybody wants to use a credit card. You can't buy it with cash on delivery. I mean, they just simply won't allow that. And this, Absolutely. and again, we need to underscore the fact that we're talking about medical marijuana users here. Uh, this is for pain reduction, for any number of other uses. It's it's not just to get high. It's not to get high at all. As a matter of fact, it's it's a yes. a, a very accepted uh, use of, of 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 medicinal use now for this sort of thing. And and. Uh, by the medical community. It took a long time for that to happen, but it's happened right now. And to deny people access like this because they don't use those tools uh, for online shopping is, uh, I think, somewhat pr- problematic, to say the oh, least. It's beyond problematic. It's wrong-hearted. It's, uh, it's punishing medical cannabis patients, really. And truth be told, the, the other aspect of it is any other medicine, you can attend at a pharmacy and access it that same day when a doctor prescribes it. Cannabis, the fastest a patient prescribed by a doctor can get it under the government's program, is likely 7 to 10 days. And even an ongoing patient likely is facing a minimum of 48 hours before they can get access to their medicine. So, again, uh, uh, it's just uh, uh, completely myopic of the government to think that shutting down a compassion club, which is, uh, as the federal court has ruled, is is the heart of reasonable access to medical cannabis, uh, really is... uh, it's dangerous, to be perfectly frank, and people are suffering as a result of it. It's harming approved medical cannabis patients. And Justice Lofchick was clear that approved medical cannabis patients can access at uh, storefront uh, shops. Jack, why are they even touching these places? I mean, technically, these, these are legal operations. Uh, well, it's, I, I suspect it's political, and uh, the government has also invested heavily in, in its mail-order program, and it wants that mail-order program to to succeed, and in order for it to succeed, they need to uh, wipe out the the the, the real world access points. So, again, the government has consistently relied upon these small compassion clubs to access their medicine uh, for patients to access their medicine. But ultimately, um, uh, ultimately, uh, it's a very politically motivated uh, stretch. The government wants to eradicate anyone that's not in line with what the federal and provincial governments view as uh, the approved program. But ultimately, patients have voted with their feet as to how they need to access their medicine. So it's not a, it's not a preference. It's a necessity for patients to access in-person at these shops. But Jack, there's the hypocrisy in this. I mean, governments, both federal and, and provincial governments, uh, have said, look, there's a, there's a direct line and a very firm line here between recreational use and medicinal use, and and you know, but now they've blurred that line. Uh, well, not only that, they're saying that medical patients can simply access using the recreational channel. The problem is that that the province is specifically barred from interacting with medical cannabis. Uh, the 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 provincial legislation specifically exempts medical cannabis. So only the federal government can deal with medical cannabis. And so it's it's completely bizarre that a piece of provincial legislation is being used to shut down compassion clubs, really. That's a federal government concern, not a provincial government.
Jack, maybe you could uh, describe process for us. I mean, the, the difference between these dispensaries, a recreation, well, I guess they don't exist in Ontario yet, but they will in a couple of months, and, and a medical uh, cannabis uh, facility. Well, a medical cannabis facility, uh, patients have to be approved by a doctor before they can access their medical cannabis. And so they'll be registered through the government program. And ultimately, what ends up happening is when they are unable to access through the mail order program, they're attending in person at a compassion club or a small storefront dispensary to access their medicine. But that's only if they're open. Correct. Yeah. So if the government shuts them down... Patients are going to be left in a situation in which they cannot access their medicine whatsoever. And the truly hypocritical aspect of this is that the company's license to grow medical cannabis, the federally licensed commercial producers, have sold all of their stock to the recreational market. So it's gone out to all of these recreational stores across the country. And meanwhile, medical patients who are supposed to be able to access it through the mail can't because these companies are out of stock. So again, the patients are forced to attend at small storefront dispensaries to access their medicine, and meanwhile, the government is shutting them down. Uh, it's it's hypocritical to say the least. Which forces them onto the streets, I guess, basically. Well, it forces them. Correct. Yes, it forces them to go try to purchase it from a street level dealer, where they're exposed to uh, uh, a host of uh, harms. And uh, again, these are uh, uh, commercially. Uh, and medically vulnerable people. So they deserve to have a clean, well-lit space where they can attend in person to access their medicine. So I'm, I'm very hopeful that police understand that, and they do not enforce this law against medical compassion clubs. Because I'm, I'm get, the way they characterize this, of course, these are illegal operations, and you know they've they got to shut these things down because they want this other thing to go on. They're trying to ruin the black market. And the, I, that's a laudable goal. I understand that. But as you've described this, Jack, many of these operations actually serve as a fallback for people that don't qualify for online or simply can't access online. Absolutely. They, the, the federal and provincial governments have relied on these uh, compassion clubs for 20 years in order to supplement their programs. So for them suddenly to turn around and say that they're a, a massive problem is, uh, is absolutely awful. And quite frankly, um, they're, in my view, it's unconstitutional. So even when you look at the history of case law in this area, the government consistently relies on the black market to supplement reasonable access. So they ought not to be trying to punish these people simply for providing medicine to sick people. At its highest, that's the government's case, is that these people are providing medicine to sick people, and for some political reason, they have to stop now that cannabis is legal. It's, it's insane. And actually, if you look at the legislation now for individuals to become commercially licensed producers, they've got what's called a genetics amnesty program in place. They're saying if you developed cannabis genetics, so a, a seed or a strain of, of medical cannabis in the black market, you can make it legal by bringing it into the commercial fold. If that's not relying on the black market to cure the government's problems, uh, I certainly don't know what is. So again, um, Really, uh, the only sensible way is to, to cease enforcement. And uh, most certainly, I think that it, it uh, in, in Hamilton in particular, because of the uh, Justice Lofchick's order, I think it falls on Hamilton City Council to issue municipal regulations for medical cannabis uh, dispensaries. Well, there's, there's just so many different concerns here, as you've described the, the problem. And I'm, I'm glad you had the time to talk about this, because I wanted to shed some light on this. Uh, because if, if if these people who have prescribed uh, it, you know, usage of, of medical marijuana 
are not able to access that uh, that medication. Uh, like you say, they're either going to go to the black market or, failing that, they're going to go to alternatives. And, and, boy, that leads us into a discussion about the opioid crisis, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned it. Cannabis is a proven and effective uh, uh, medicine to help people with opioid withdrawal uh, symptoms. It gets people off of opioids. And in the midst of an opioid crisis, certainly uh, with fentanyl on the streets, uh, what the government is saying is that if you can't get access through our crummy program, then you can use opioids. And uh, the addiction rates with opioids are absolutely terrifying. Um, and people are relying on urgent on-demand access to medical cannabis through these compassion clubs to get themselves off of opioids. So again, for the government to, you know, uh, out of the one side of their mouth say we, we want to fight the opioid crisis and out of the other side of their mouth say we want to shut down medical cannabis dispensaries is uh, completely wrong-headed. And, and for any government official that says, well, look, at guys, just hold on until we actually open these shops up in a couple of months and everything will be fine. They've already told us that they're only going to do a handful of these right across the province. That's not going to solve anything. No, it won't solve anything at all. And the chronic supply issues with these shops are going to continue. They don't have enough cannabis, and that cannabis is for the recreational market. It doesn't help medical cannabis patients, and certainly they don't want to line up with uh, people that are simply trying to access cannabis because they'd like to, to consume it and get high. Uh, medical cannabis patients have a completely different uh, requirement for this medicine, and, and the government is disrespecting that if they say that 25 shops open on April 1st is going to, to solve any of these problems whatsoever. So really a stay of enforcement is, uh, is really the, the only way forward if the shop is, is truly medical, right? Jack, you're speaking out on this. I've heard other voices too, but you've, you've been very articulate in presenting the, the concerns and the arguments and some of the obstacles that have been created because of this government red tape. What do we do about this? How do we try to overcome this? Uh, well, I think that uh, first and foremost, it, it falls on municipalities to issue rules and regulations for how medical cannabis dispensaries operate and uh you know the they have their own legislature and they in a municipality and they can issue those rules they issue those rules and so long as uh, uh dispensaries are complying with them then there ought not to be enforcement against them so that police can focus on real crime and police can focus on uh, uh dispensaries that are not operating in compliance with the municipal guidelines so really what it falls down to is municipalities need to act, and they need to act soon. Certainly uh, in Hamilton, they need to act so that they're in compliance with Lockchick's order, because otherwise, um, you know, they, they cite the rule of law quite frequently when they say, well, they're technically illegal, so we have to raid medical cannabis compassion clubs. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Lockchick's order is valid law as well, and if they raid a medical dispensary, then they're in violation of that order. So the rule of law cuts both ways. I wouldn't be too optimistic about that, given the reticence a lot of councils, including Hamilton's council, frankly, had with even moving forward with the, the, the dispensaries in the first place, the one, when they eventually do become legal. There's, there's, still, there's still a lot of stereotypes going on out there and still a lot of myths about that that are really having an impact on people's opinions about this. Well, I think that uh, Hamilton City Council uh, really ought to consider it because it will make policing easier it will make uh, their jobs easier and it will ensure reasonable access to medical cannabis for uh, individuals within the, the Hamilton region there's a housing crisis ongoing and that housing crisis has massively exacerbated 
uh, people's difficulties in this space because they can't get mail. A person at a, a homeless shelter, they can't get mail, so they can't order their medical cannabis through the mail. So they rely on storefront dispensaries. And so um, I appreciate that it's difficult, that it might be hard work for city council to draft a bylaw, but truth be told, that's their job. Well, look at yeah. That's that's hardly the biggest obstacle here. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way to do that. I mean, there's there's a protocol that can be followed in situations like this. But but clearly, I mean, the the the, the case being presented here by the provincial government is very very frustrating uh, because of this, and, and and plus their 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 edict as well that anybody that ran a quote unquote illegal operation is not allowed to even apply for a license uh, for one of these legal shops. Basically, they're squeezing the market. Uh, well, I think that they're attempting to, and they're attempting uh, to to license only uh, friends and uh, supporters of their crazy system. But truth be told, um, they they don't govern medical cannabis. The province is specifically barred from dealing with medical cannabis in any way. So really what's called for is a separate in-store access program for medical cannabis patients because they don't want to line up at one of these 25 recreational stores. That's not what they're about. What they're about is reasonable and dignified access to their medicine of necessity. Well, which leads us into a discussion which we don't have time for about exactly where you can access this stuff. I mean, some people, you know, they suggested LCBO, and that that's obviously not going to happen. But uh, uh, a much more acceptable way, of course, would be pharmacies and things of this nature. We're not there yet, but that's certainly a discussion I think we need to have, isn't it? Certainly, yes, a pharmacy would make sense, but patients also report the fact that they need to see and smell their medicine before they access it. The pharmacy model doesn't support that it, it, as well as it could. I, I'm in support of pharmacies being able to provide it, but I'm also in support of, of a, a natural health product model, really, is the most sensible way to do it, uh, sort of like an apothecary, I suppose you would describe Oh, yeah, it. yeah. The patients can attend, they can see what they're purchasing, they can ask questions about it, and they can smell what they're purchasing before they access it. Because many cancer patients report that uh, that certain odors can cause them a great deal of difficulty in accessing it. Under the government's program, they can't see it or smell it before they purchase it. And they can't, act, they can't ask any questions about the product. They're barred from talking about any potential medical benefits associated with the product. So again, the government has uh, kind of legislated its way into a serious problem, and at its core, patients suffer unless they attend at uh, small medical dispensaries. Jack, thanks so much for the time. We're uh, running right up against the clock right now, but I'm glad we had some time to, to shed the light on this. Really appreciate it. We'll stay in touch as this unfolds over the next little while. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. All right. Jack Lloyd, of course, a lawyer representing uh, those uh, with, well, basically difficulty getting access to medical marijuana because of these new regulations. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.